The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is Full Change with Tom Laidlaw. Tom, we got another great guest today and another former teammate. Jeez, I played with a lot of guys. You did play a lot of guys. Yeah. This one came to the Rangers and stood on his head for the for the team. It's goaltender Eddie Mio. Eddie Mio, what's happening, brother? How are you doing? I'm good, Tom. How are you doing, uh, bud? Good. Kind of reminds me of the old days of Madison Square Garden where Eddie get knocked down and the crowd would go, Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. <laughs> He'd get up and the crowd would go nuts. A cool. lot of that was, was staged, Tom. You know that. Me and oh, we sure, staged yeah. those things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. I don't blame you, Beth. I don't blame you, Beth. Great to yeah. see you again, man. I haven't seen you in a long time. Yeah. I guess uh, we'll we'll cover all this stuff, but Eddie and I worked together with IMG for several years, too, so we'll but we'll get in all that. So so where are you living now? Yeah. Where's... I'm still uh, West Bloomfield, Michigan. Oh, okay. Where nice. I was when we were working, yeah. Yeah. So I think you were just down the road when uh, – yeah. were you in Royal Oak? Uh, we're, I was in Bloomfield. Birmingham. The, yeah, by Birmingham, yeah. That was yeah, a great you were area. I love living there. Yeah, yeah. that was a great area. Yeah. You know, I don't think yeah. realize, uh, people realize what a great part of the country that is. It's really beautiful stuff there. But you're from Windsor originally, correct? Yeah. Yep. Oh, yep. Yeah. Right across the border. I figured I'd stay here and take advantage of my green card. And it's far enough that I don't have friends just stopping by. Yeah. And Good. close enough that I can get to the border by in 25 minutes. There you go. You're thinking. You're thinking, man. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> you, you grew up in Windsor there. Were you a goalie when you first started playing? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. I was, uh, my family, you know, uh, both mom and dad came over the boat from the boat and worked hard. Uh, we didn't have a lot of cash. Uh, and uh, I just wanted to play hockey. So uh, back then we had the outdoor rinks. Uh, uh, in fact, this was Lansbury Park. And the only equipment uh, that I had was what they could supply in the parks and recreation and it was goalie stuff oh. and also i was a very bad skater as if you, as you remember in the 80s tom well, and so, so back then they all, yeah. <laughs> back then they put all the bad skaters in goal as long as you yeah. had some reflexes yeah. so that's how i started never never swayed i just like you know as you remember growing up hockey night in canada saturday night put yourself yeah. in front of the tv eight o'clock and back then it was Johnny Bauer and uh, Terry Sawcheck and Glenn Hall. And it just seemed like they played the whole time. Yeah. And they made spectacular saves and yeah. they seemed to be the hero all the time until yeah. I finally got into it. We were the goat a lot of a lot more well, times in my career. Yeah. Well, that, that is part of the uh, job though, right? I mean, you can be the hero one time and then the next time you're the goat because 
things don't go well. My son was a goaltender too, my oldest son, and I had to coach him. And that was the that was the hard part, you know, when he didn't have a good game, you know, I had to yank him out of there. That was, but you know, they're young like that. I don't know how you were when you played when you were a kid, but it never really seemed to bother him. I was more worried about it than him. And then he just wanted to go for donuts after. So, so were you pretty good right away, Eddie? Well, you know what? I had good reflexes, you know, yeah. uh, growing up uh, for some reason, you know, you played on the street back then you played road hockey. And, and, and again, I was always in the goal and, you know, you played with a ball and the, they came pretty quick. And uh, my glove hand, I think was, was pretty yep. good and uh, and I had quick feet, but at the time it was just uh, I think I was just learning the game and right. just having fun. It wasn't until my first year in high school I went to uh, Assumption High School, which was a private Catholic school, but always had good athletics, football team, basketball team, and they had a small outdoor rink which uh, was. Uh, was worked on by we had about 200 boarders right from Michigan uh, and it was a boarding school and they would be out there working the merits off and so we had ice most of the time and back then if you remember well you would because you you were in Toronto right so it got cold in uh, in November and snowy back then yep. so we had ice every day compared to some kids playing, uh, you know, organized hockey, could only get on the ice once a week, maybe twice a week. So we were on there, and and literally uh, a man by the name of Father Cullen, who's passed away now, uh, he was a Brazilian father, and uh, just taught me how to play goal. In fact, in September, yeah, we we were out in the tennis court, and he had guys shooting pucks from a plywood, and I was in tennis shoes, pads, full equipment, stopping pucks. In September, wow. so wow, it good. was just back back in freshman. I could remember I started to take off, and started realizing, hey, maybe this, maybe this will work. You know, yeah, very cool. So, Eddie, you were a pretty good baseball player too, right? Yes, I. Uh, there's some people that thought I should have went baseball instead of uh, instead of hockey. Really? I didn't and, know that, Eddie. Wow, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, wow. yeah. Uh, I went to a camp in London, Ontario, for all the Canadians. They uh, they had been watching and it was mainly a pitchers and a catchers and I was the catcher and uh afterwards uh and I'm pretty sure it was Don, uh, uh Murtaugh uh was the coach back then the head coach and their whole staff was down for the pirates and um they had a little catcher by the name of uh Sanguian oh, and yeah. I was only 5'10 10, 10 and a half so it didn't seem nowadays they want catchers to be 6'2 6'3 but uh, they wanted me to come to their triple-A camp down in the uh, south. And I said, well, when is it? And uh, he goes, oh, right around September 7th, 8th, 9th, right after Labor Day. I said, oh, geez, I can't. And, and, and they said, well, why can't you? He says, well, I got to go to college. They kind of perked up thinking I was going to college to play ball. Uh, he says, oh, you got a scholarship? And I says, yeah, in hockey. That's the last I heard of him. Oh, from right. <laughs> Where did you go to college again? I went to Colorado College. That's right, yes. Did you stay yeah. the four years there, the full four years? Yeah, you know, uh, after the second year, I was drafted by Chicago and uh, uh, Vancouver in the WHA. And they asked me to come to camp. And back then, you could come to camp, uh, you know, for uh, for a week. They didn't care. It wasn't no NCAA like, like we had to go through in the 90s and, and even now. But um, 
I went to the Dallas camp, and uh, Bob Crom was the, the the head coach. And anyways, they wanted to play me. They they uh, they wanted to play me in an exhibition game, and uh, they said we got to sign you though before you do that. And they were said we can give you ten thousand from Chicago, and then put you in Flint, and you get paid there. Well. The way I looked at it, back then, they had Tony Esposito, Mike Weiser, and Michel Dumas. There's no way in hell I was going to break that lineup and get to the top quicker. So I decided to go back two more, uh, at least the first year. My junior year turned into a good, really good year. We had a good team. I was All-American, All-WCHA. So I decided to stay the senior year. You know, I had not uh, an agent back then. If you remember, I think you were the same thing. We didn't get agents till. Actually, after our senior year, you know, so uh, so I just it, it was a good move for me, and I stayed the four years, and I graduated, Tom. Oh, you did! Wow, I'm I graduated sorry. late. I haven't used that degree yet. <laughs> what was your major? Business. Your major? Oh, cool. Business. That's good. Eddie, that, that I, that's a big deal, really. See, I'm, I'm proud of you for that because I'm the, same, I, the opposite, right? I got so carried away with my hockey, I just never went back and got it. And I wish I had it. So. Yeah. Uh, definitely good job yeah you left after junior right you no, guys I left uh, after my, no i left after my senior year i left uh so as soon as well, we got done we went we went to the finals my senior year and then I, I left right away and signed with the rangers so i mean this i still could have got it back and finished it there's no excuses i was just uh, a meathead meathead hockey player yeah yeah so now, what's okay so you, you leave colorado college and then what happens next yeah. um well, you know, in the summer, you, you, you don't know who's who's going to offer nothing. Chicago made an offer. Uh, but uh, in the meantime, Vancouver had folded, and uh, they became the Calgary Cowboys. Oh. And there, uh, Warren Stralo uh, convinced uh, Roger Crozier to uh, – no, was it Rod? That's the goaltender. Uh, Crozier, Joe Crozier. That's right. And yeah. And convinced uh, them to take a look at me and they signed me. So I okay. went to the WHA uh, again, Chicago had like Tony Esposito still, and, and there's no way yeah. you're getting through there. And yeah. so I, I played in Calgary and uh, I was up and down, uh, mainly down um, because they had a guy, uh, Gary Bromley had just come over from Buffalo and, uh, uh and the club foot guy, uh, McLeod, Smokey McLeod, was the regular guy. And he had just won the Avco Cup in Houston the year before. So guess what? I'm back in the minor. Well, and it was a good place for me. Um, in the Southern League, started, and they folded. And then I went to that proverbial North American League where that movie Slapshot came out of. <laughs> oh, is that right? Wow. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know that. Wow. Cool. Yeah. And trust me, that Slapshot is true. Yeah, I, I spent four months. Four months. Eddie, Eddie, at this point, when all this is going on, did you think you could play in the National Hockey League? I thought I had a chance, Tommy, <laughs> and and it was uh, again. You're in the WHA, but there was always talk that certain teams were going to survive the WHA and get get into the NHL, right? right? And it's funny, like you say, it's 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 funny how things work out and what avenues you take to get where you finally end up. Sure. And by me staying in the WHA, again, Calgary folds that year. I go to Birmingham. Birmingham puts me on loan to Indianapolis. Okay. And then Indianapolis, I get the great fortune of the kid coming up at 17. Yeah, that, right? yeah, Gretzky, that Gretzky what's kid. What's that kid? Gretzky kid. Right? <laughs> <laughs> the kid. And yeah. uh, so you see how things then 
it ends up me, him, and Peter Driscoll get sold to Edmonton, who was the yeah. steadiest franchise of them in Winnipeg. And uh, and then we get uh, the WHA folds, and Edmonton's one of the teams in the NHL. Wow. So that was my route. And, uh, and, uh, and like you said, there is a point where, and I think you've went through it too, where you thought you could play. And yeah. now it's just getting that opportunity. And as you know, when we were dealing with kids in, at, in the 90s, we always tried to give them that impression. Never yeah. give up. Yeah, It totally. might not yeah. go the way you want. Yeah. So so it worked out for me. It worked out. How was that that plane ride? Because that, that's pretty epic that you guys had no idea where you're going and you couldn't pay for the flight, right? Well, was, we, were at the, yeah, we were at the practice and uh, – we finished the practice and uh, Pat Stapleton comes in and he was our coach and GM at the time and says in the dressing room, he says, Hey guys, I want to see you in the office, blah, blah, blah. Go home, grab as much stuff as you can, take your equipment. You guys are gone. Well, where are we going coach? Uh, we don't know yet. Just be at the airport at two o'clock equipment. Here's some sticks uh, and whatever clothes you can put. Well, hold okay. on. So, what, were they trying to keep it a secret, or they just didn't know, or what was going on? I didn't. No, there was a uh, it, there was a bidding war between Edmonton and oh. Winnipeg. Oh, okay. And no oh. one was sure. And I think if you ever get Gretz on there, he'll tell you that everybody thinks it was a backgammon game, but it wasn't. It was just. And Bobby Hall tells this story to Wayne that uh, I think it was uh, Rudy Pillis was the GM, and he went to. Uh, Bugatti or uh, got the the owner of the the Jets at the time said, "Hey, listen, what do you think about this kid? We got a chance to get him, right?" And Bobby says, "Grab him, okay." I played with him. You, you got to grab him. He's got potential. And Rudy Pillis is going, "Hey, he's seventeen years old. He's skinny. Who knows what he's going to be?" And besides, they want to give the goalie and uh, and Peter Driscoll who who at the the time the year before scored 50 and was a tough guy, right? He could yeah, fight. Yeah. So we don't need a goalie, they said. And so I don't know. And Bobby to this day will tell you he fought like hell to yeah. get Wayne to Winnipeg, yeah. right? So Edmonton comes in and they're willing to take all three, but Winnipeg, it, it was just a battle. So they said by two o'clock, who's ever got 250,000 in the bank, that's where you're going. So that's why uh, Whitey said, be at the airport at 2 o'clock, then we'll wow. know where you're going, okay? Wow. Well, we get to the airport, and there's this little Learjet. I don't even know how we're going to fit the stuff we brought because there's no under undercarriage yeah. or nothing, right? So yeah. we load everything up, and still we're not, we're not going there. We're sitting on the tarmac, okay? It wasn't a cold day in November. It was, night, you know, Indianapolis gets pretty good weather. Yeah, sure. Okay, cut to the chase. About an hour later, the, the, the decision is get on the jet and make a flight plan to Minneapolis, okay? Oh. By the time you get to Minneapolis, we'll know. So sure enough, we get in. We all all our stuff. We got equipment. Gretz is sitting on the on the cooler that had our beer and, and sandwiches. <laughs> Me and Drisk are in the back. So we take off, and uh, we're just still climbing. You know, we're not even uh, at, at the altitude for cruising. And the pilot door opens up and literally looks back and says, all right, who's paying for this? 
And we're going, we're, we're all looking around going, what do you mean who's paying for this? Obviously, wherever we're going. The pilot says, well, we don't know where we're going. We're going to Minneapolis. And they'll tell us, well, then you'll get, no. I said, well, what happens? He says, we're going to have to turn around and go back. So I didn't hear this I'm being the oldest, right? So I make a corporate decision and says, all right, do you take credit cards? And the guy and the pilot says, yeah. And he brings out the old swiper, you know. <laughs> so I give him the card. I give him the card. And it's a Toronto Dominion, okay. And gives it back. I sign it. He gets his copy, gives me my copy and my card back. And I'm just staring at the damn thing, right? And Peter Driscoll sitting next to me. We're having a beer, and he goes, "What's the matter?" He says, "I show him the the total, and I can't remember, but I think it was like up to seven thousand, eight thousand dollars." Okay. Really? Now, first of all, remember, I'm only making thirty five thousand. Sure. Okay, this sure. is yeah. nineteen seventy eight. Yeah. So, long story short, he says, "Well, again, don't worry about it. Wherever we go, we'll pay for it." I says, "Yeah, but do you think they'll check my credit card?" And he says, "Well, why?" I said, it's got a $500 Canadian limit on it. <laughs> I was just I wondering about that. Yeah, and they didn't yeah. give away a check back then, all right? They couldn't check it back then. I, right? I was hoping because they would have turned back because oh, the card would have been denied, right? That's so funny. there was no way they could file it right. because yeah. it was in the old days. It's not like in those machines yep. they got now, right? Yeah, sure. It was just a verbal copy and a signature. So we get That's to funny. Minneapolis. And again, okay, guys, flight plan, Edmonton. Well, we finally landed in Edmonton. We're late. And the PR guy, I think his name was John Short at the time, comes in. He meets the plane. He says, guys, got to hurry up. The press has been waiting for three, four hours. You know, got to get on. I says, not until you take care of this. And I gave him my copy. He says, yeah, yeah, go. And they ripped up my copy, which was the worst thing now that I think about it. Because seeing what Wayne became in Edmonton. Yeah. Yeah. My copy was the flight. I would have, oh, I would have, oh. uh, yeah, I would have mounted it and given it yeah. to him, right? Oh, because hockey that's hall of, hockey hall of fame. Yeah, yeah, that's how we. Got and that's there. the way we got there. You know, that's a fantastic so, story. I didn't realize that. That's an actual yeah. story. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I so remember how, Wayne told it on John, Johnny Carson. Oh, did he? I didn't know that. I've never Wayne heard told that story. The whole story. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Wow. wow. So, so you get to Edmonton now. Who else was in Edmonton? What other goaltenders? Uh, Dave Dryden. Oh, okay. And he had just come from the NHL. Uh, and uh, the backup was uh, a guy, uh, I can't remember his name, but it was, they needed another goaltender. Actually, they were looking for me to be number one because Dave was getting older in age. And, and, uh, and so it was me and Dave, and we got along great, uh, except on the road, we were room- roommates, and right. Dave didn't drink. Oh no! Lights were out at ten o'clock, and you know me, Tommy. He's the one guy. You know me. One guy in the league that doesn't drink at that time. Okay, so anyway, this was going. Dave Lodgman, Dave Lodgman on our team didn't right. So I went to Glenn Sather, and yeah, I says, Glenn, I can't room with Dave. He's a great guy, but the nights that he's playing, I go out to dinner with the boys, and I'm afraid to come in because he's lights out at ten, and I like the TV, but you know. So he says, "Okay, I got that settled. We'll put Dave and uh, and uh, Dave and Dave Langevin and Dryden. Oh, and guess oh. who my roommate was? Semenkel. Oh, and right? oh. oh, you guys bailed all the time. There's no sleep. That, oh man, he was a great. He's a great guy too, wasn't he? Oh, he was excellent. 
He was excellent. So I don't think he ever traded curfew. Does this going into the 80, 81 season then the first year? Or is this going back? Uh, well, 78-79 was oh, our last WHA year, the year we were okay. sold. And we ended up going to the Avco Cup Finals. And guess who we lose to? The Winnipeg Jets. Oh, yeah. Is that right? I, yeah. Oh. yeah, we lost oh. to the Jets. And then that summer, the league folded, and uh, uh, the NHL picked up the four teams, Quebec City, Winnipeg, Edmonton, and Hartford. So, okay. did, did they protect you in that, that draft, that, uh, that uh, combination draft? Yeah, they protected uh, myself, Wayne, and Brent Gustafson. Um, and he messed, uh, he, messed yeah, he went to Washington. Brent Eki Gustafson in '79. Oh. He was a he played great for us in the WHA. With uh, but for some reason, the NHL said you uh, and Glenn Sather wasn't aware of it. Couldn't protect him because he was already drafted so you couldn't protect Wayne wasn't drafted I was drafted but uh, uh, my rights were sold I mean uh, traded to Minnesota and for some reason goaltenders you could protect but for some reason which was confusing to us and we also lost Dave Dave Longevin so we lost two real good players that Slats figured he could protect so well interesting yeah so this time now, do you become the number one goaltender? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And uh, things were going well until they weren't, and uh, um, we ended up bringing in Ronnie Lowe, Ron Lowe, yeah. Yeah. Uh, at the trade deadline, I think, in February. And Ronnie came in, played very, very well for us. We ended up making the playoffs first year, and we lost to Philly in three. But that was when Philly, uh, Philly had that real good team. Remember they went on a long winning streak. Yep. They were they were ready supposedly to get the cup. We took them to three hard games. Two of them were in double overtime, and they ended up winning. So they they beat us best out of five, three straight. But we gave them a good goal uh, yeah. to where there were signs in the, the Philly in the spectrum, and you know how tough it was to play there. Yeah. Who are these guys thinking they're oh. going to just knock us right out? Right. First two games yeah. went right into double overtime, and they were a little worried. So yeah, uh, and we were on the. You know, road. It's funny thing. Funny thinking back about these days, and I know you saw it uh, closer than I did. You know, as great a player Wayne ultimately became. There's a lot of people at uh, early in his career were kind of like, "Is he too small? He's not a good yeah. skater. Doesn't have a good enough shot." Remember that all the debate. He's yeah. really not that good. Yeah, that's interesting looking back now, right after the career. Oh started. yeah, I mean yeah. that first year he, he just showed everybody that you know, like yeah. in '78 when we got to Edmonton, he struggled a little bit. Right? He was oh. learning. It's a new team. Right. And it wasn't until a game in Cincinnati after Christmas that, that uh, he was kind of benched the first two periods. Oh. And we had just come from Indianapolis, and it was a bad we, – we lost the game. It was my – all three of our homecoming. We didn't play very well. Right. And uh, so they – but then we were losing like uh, three to one. And finally, Sather says, okay, kid – show me what you got. He goes out and scores three and he never looked back at and we won the game. And then that's when he took off. And then his first year, as you remember, the only reason he didn't get the scoring title was because him and Dion were tied, but Dion had one more goal than he did. That's right, too. It was one goal. That's right. I forgot about that. Was he salty about that, Eddie? What's that? Was he salty about that, that he didn't get the title? Well, yeah, you guys know Wayne pretty good. Perfection is, yeah, he's a very proud man. But you know what? He took it in stride. Didn't yeah. care. I think yeah, he, he was, was more. 
I think he was more pissed because he wasn't eligible for the uh, uh, rookie of the year. Oh, oh, he wasn't eligible. Why not? Because he played the oh. year before WHA. Oh, oh wow. Wow. Yep. Yep. So he just went out and won nine more in a row, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He didn't, he didn't worry about that. And then our 80, 81 season, I, I played really well. I was uh, the, you know, the, the number one goaltender, Ron Lowe got hurt. So it was me and uh, Gary Edwards took on most of the load. We got into the playoffs with uh, six games left. I had just played about 26 in a row. And again, Tom, this is how we go and how things happen, right? Yeah, sure. Six games left. We're, we're struggling to make the playoffs. We're in the playoffs now after I had just played. Pre-game skate, I break my my knuckle, my oh. hand, okay? Oh. And from Peter Driscoll, of all, all oh, people, God. right? My, right. And so now I'm out, right? I can't hold a stick. It's uh, I was broken three places. Oh. So – we make the playoffs. We're playing Montreal, the best team in the in the thing. And in comes another young kid, Andy Moog, oh. and he plays great. We knock out Montreal three right. games straight, go to the Islanders, who ended up second overall, and they ended up winning that year of the Cup. But we, we gave them a good battle in six. And then uh, that leads us to when I got to New York, because in the 81 uh, – I always look at if I would have won one more game in the 80-81 season, yeah. we wouldn't have picked uh, 16, no, 15. We would have picked 14, and right. then Grant Fear would have been gone, okay? Oh, that's right. That's right, yeah. So in the summer of 81, Grant Fear is picked. Right. We go to camp, and the kid, kid is awesome. He's yeah. awesome. But thinking he's going to go back to Victoria, you know, he's just a young kid, right? So him and I roomed together during training camp on the road and all. Uh, just got to a point. They kept him. He played the first game, played very well, all the way up to nine. And uh, remember, you could keep him at yep. 10, and then he has to stay. So yep. after the ninth game, Glenn Sather called me into the office. He said, oh. he said yeah, he says, uh, we're going to keep Grant, Eddie, and uh, – I know you don't want to be here as a third goaltender. I'm going to have to put you on waivers and see if anybody picks you up. So I was a little devastated then because that sure. son of a gun, 18 years old, could play. But if I had to lose my job, it was to him. So Right. And at this point, too, you and, at this point too, you and Wayne have got to be pretty close as well. Right? Yeah. Personal yeah, we were, we were right. pretty close. And, you know, again, when he was in Indianapolis, that summer uh, – um, Stapleton called me up and he obviously had regrets on another call. I mean, uh, Peter Driscoll, we were going to, we had a house in Carmel, Indiana, which was two blocks away from Wayne and he was being billeted with a doctor family. So they asked us, and again, see how things work out. Yeah. They asked us, me and Peter to keep an eye on him. Oh, okay. And it turns out all three of us, you know, so we used to go by Friday nights. He was going to high school at the time and, their famous place to meet at was Steak and Shake. So Drisk and I, Peter, Peter had this nice baby blue Barretts brand new convertible with white interior. Did we stand out or what in 78? <laughs> and we would just drive through and Gretz would be holding court with his high school uh, buddies. Oh. And uh, Gretz, well, back then we called him Brinks. What's called? Brinks truck. Brinks. What? You remember oh, the oh, Brinks truck? Oh, oh, yeah. 
he was sure. making more four times the money we were making, so we called him Brinks, okay. right? Oh, that's good. And that's good. Uh, hey, Brinks, you need anything? Boom, boom, boom. And then we ended up letting him stay at the house and have his parties, his high school parties. So, wow. Wow. so again, like I said at the beginning, it's funny how things work out yeah. and how life takes you on a pattern and yeah. and a path that leads you to your future. So. Yeah, We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. So, okay, so you get picked up by the Rangers then? Yeah, well, they decided to let me go because Ron Lowe was coming back and he was making more money and figured... They can't send them to the miners if nobody picks them up because they're paying them. And I was making this time I renegotiated. I, I was making eighty grand and uh, one way, and they were hoping I'd get picked up. Well, you know how it is. Early in the season, everybody thinks they're going to win the Stanley Cup, so they don't want to make yeah, any moves right after sure. the training camp. So I ended up down in Wichita for about a month. Okay, and then then the deal with I almost went to Boston, but then Glenn Sather, as you know doesn't like to be beaten in any trades. Yeah. And he wanted Stan Jonathan and two other guys for me, right? Really? Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, there was no way Boston was doing that, okay? Yeah. So I ended up staying a little longer than I thought. Uh, and actually, I think this is true. Uh, someone told me that it was finally Wayne that went to Glenn and said, listen, He's not a minor league goalie. Look what he's done for us. Glenn, please get him traded. Right at that time, you guys had lost two or three goalies, right? Sure. It just worked out when Wayne told Slats, just make the deal, okay? Right. And remember, I just went with Lance Netherly. And so it was uh, – it, 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 Slats finally, finally relinquished, and I went to New York. And, again, best move for me. Yeah. I love New York. I loved it. You know, right. in and fact, you were pop not, not only were you good there, but you were popular too. The fans loved you in New York. I, 
I like the yeah the, the fans. Uh, we got a line. I mean, you know, they can love you or they can hate you. Yeah. Well, I you got to stay on their good. Yes. Well, you've got to. You got to stay on the good side. You got to be a bad. Well, remember, Dukes, yeah. Yeah. Well, remember, Dukes had that great year with Pav, right? Yep. He scored 40, 45. Yeah. And the next year he comes in thinking, well, he's remember that green magma stuff he was drinking oh, before yeah. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. wasn't eating meat anymore. And his gold production went down to about 20, right? Yeah, and Her- Her- Herbie and had a lot of interest in it too. Herbie was not too happy. That's, that's, that's exactly yeah. what happened that summer. Yeah. So, but anyways, I remember uh, uh, Gretz calling me up after we, remember we went five and old with me in the net, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, every time they'd be on the road and they'd be having breakfast, the Oilers, Wayne's got the paper and he says, Oh, yeah. Oh, Eddie won last night. All the way up to five, right? He says, Oh, Eddie got another one. He's five and all. And he's saying it loud enough so that Slats could hear it, right? Oh, really? Slats really? Over and he says, oh. Yeah. He goes over to Gretz. He says, That's the last time I do you a favor. <laughs> oh, that's right, too. I never thought of that. That's true. Yeah. That's but funny. they didn't care. They were in first place, and Grant yeah. Fuhrer was playing like a like the, the a man possessed, right? So. Right. So that so that's the eighty one eighty two season. Is your first season in New York, correct? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And what did we what did we yeah. do in the playoffs? We played the Islanders in the playoffs too, then, right? Again, well, but Flyers, remember right? we beat. Yeah. yeah, but remember we beat Philly first, yep. and we lost the first game at home. And uh, remember, uh, I think it was McCammon called us the Smurfs, oh, or right. maybe yes. it was. Yeah. Remember, it was McCammon. Yeah, yeah. In McCammon, right? And, yep. and Rooksy Herb just took that. Remember all our little meetings? Okay, you Smurfs, just remember. He just drilled yeah. it into us, right? It was almost like David going at, against Goliath. And, uh, yeah, totally. Yeah. So, yeah. And how'd, then you we along, how'd, you get, how'd you get along with Herbie? You know what? It wasn't until – and people ask me that, uh, like, how was Herb as a coach? I thought he was great, you know? Yeah. It was hard to understand – the way I, I got along better when we were working at IMG and he was scouting. So yeah, he'd come yeah. into Windsor, we'd be watching the spits, and now Herbie and I would be sitting yeah. in the uh in the corner yeah. and just talking hockey. And I loved yeah, just listening to him. Okay. Yeah, so I think if you got Herb, and you know this, you got along good with Herb. Yeah. If you got him away from the rink and he wasn't your coach, yeah, he really was down to earth, I thought. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. playing for yeah. him, yeah, playing for him. It, he was hard to read whether he liked you or, you know, because he was his own little guy. I remember they let us go home for Christmas and we had a game in Pittsburgh. I don't know if it was the 81, uh, 82 season or 82, 83. So I fly back from Detroit and we're told to meet the bus down here. This is when everybody's getting in. So make your flights. And I remember walking one way and I saw Herb coming the other way. And I was just about to go over and say, hey, how was your Christmas night? And he put his head down and kept walking, right? So then I said, all right, just keep walking, right? Yeah. So that's the kind of uh, yeah. mixed signals that I got from her. So. Oh, definitely. he was definitely yeah. – like I was one of his boys. He liked me. But some of the yeah. things he would say yeah. to me sometimes was just it made it seem like he hated me. You know, I don't know why. I know. The rationale. Yeah. And I'm the same way. I saw him after when he was doing some TV work and uh, – I said, Herb, how do you like the TV? He said, oh, you know me, Tom. When they ask me what time it is, I just tell them how to build a watch. Right? Like, he was actually pretty <laughs> funny. Like, he's self-aware and knew who he was. And, yeah. He's just yeah. a guy. Like I said, yeah. I was one of his boys, so everything was fine. So, yeah. 
So how many years did you end up? Well, I know. We, I remember us talking. I remember us talking about you were the teacher's pet, Tom. Oh yeah, no question. Oh, I was. <laughs> well, is that is that me or Nikki? Nikki, Nikki is in that category too. Right? Oh yeah. yeah, I forgot oh. about Nikki. Oh, I think you were second. Yeah, you I were second. second and I was mad. I was mad about being second too. I wanted. Hey, to hey, how'd you get along with Tom? Was he a pain in the ass to play with? Well, well, we were a little oh, bit he was different. Great. But we yeah. were like on a personal basis. Eddie was like the city guy, you know, and I was up in Westchester and you know, Eddie's hanging out with Cheryl Teagues and all these kind of women. Yeah. That wasn't until the second year. Was that the second year? Okay. <laughs> Remember the first year? First, first year I, I lived uh, out by you guys. I even went, uh, we had dinner in Stanford one time. Yeah. You and Weeks who were living in Stanford. Right. That's right. So yeah, I was yeah. living with Eddie Johnstone in Greenwich. Remember? Right. It yeah, wasn't until that summer, that summer. I wanted to be, but you're right. Tom is right. I wanted to be that city guy. I wanted yeah. to live downtown. Yeah. Dukes and Barry Beck were there. And yeah. I, that's about, oh, Gresh. Yeah. So that summer, Gresh decides he's going to move in with Carol Alt. Oh, so nice. his apartment became available. Oh. And I said, you know how tough it was to find an apartment back there. Yeah. Or else I probably would have never lived in the city. But yeah. I found it. But I remember Herb in training camp. He says, I hear you're moving into the city. I said, yeah, I'm renting Gresh's place, you know, this and that, subletting Gresh's. He says, you know, Eddie, that city can eat you up and spit you out at the same time. I said, well, her, if it does, you tell me, and I'll move back to Connecticut. There you go. Uh, what do you, what do you see? That'd be funny to hear that. That's good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's yeah. he's well, But that was the yeah, way people course. viewed the city. That's the way people viewed the city back then, right? If you're going to live in the city, you're going to be partying all the time and get in trouble. Yeah, why are we skipping over partying in the city? Let's we should talk about that a little bit, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, Eddie, tell, Eddie, just tell a story. Tell about your typical night there, hanging out with Cheryl Teague. Oh, or, dudes, you know, yeah. It all started Monday nights. Remember uh, Vagabondo? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so we invited all the guys, and even some guys came in from from uh, yeah. the outskirts, right, from sure. Westchester. Yeah. And we'd have a, like a whatever Rangers showed up. It was our day off. We'd play Sunday. Monday was right. day off. And we didn't play till Wednesday, right? And right. they had the indoor bocce court, right? So we'd always yeah. have that. But so it started out kind of Monday. But I think I got the wrong impression because I hung with Barry Beck and and Gresh. I didn't go out as much as they did. If it was the <laughs> night before the game, trust me, I made my own spaghetti in that little apartment, and I yeah. stayed in and I did my little ritual. But yeah. I let loose. After the game, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and but, back then, it was the studio. Studio was starting to die out a little bit, but right. it was still pretty good. But right. they had the shape, uh, shape parrot, well, the parrot, the red parrot. I think they had a yeah, lot of yeah. visage. Sure. So, Tom Smith, not Tom Number One. Yes, the yeah. partying was great. The women were awesome. Uh, oh, Cheryl Teagues, as Tom says, Carol out, uh, Kim. Uh, Julie Wolf. Huh? Julie Wolf. Julie Wolf. And Julie Wolf, you sucker. Julie Wolf. Yeah, you sucker. Eddie and I had a lot of the same taste. We had a lot of the same taste. Yes, we did. But Kim, Dukes' ex, second ex wife. Kim Kim Alexis. Alexis, Alexis. right? So we were all in that crowd and we were being invited to. Did you meet Dukes' first wife? Did you meet Dukes' first wife? Oh, Robin. Yeah. Oh, my God. She's a gorgeous woman. Gorgeous. Oh, yeah. Scary. Were you were you part of the six that we snuck? I found out he was having a blind date, right? In California. Oh. Remember when we left for that long trip? In, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And we stayed outside the city where Anaheim guys stay. The, the ritzy part now starts with an N. Yeah. 
Anyways, yeah, I, know I found out where they were going because remember Crony's owner, Crazy yeah. Billy, right? Yeah, Billy, yes. Yeah. yeah. So they were going to this restaurant. So I told uh, Bubba about it. And I don't know if you, we, we had six of us. We went there early, right? We yeah. got a table right by the door where, where you know, he was going to come in. Oh, and I know, good. I think Dave Maloney was with us for sure. Right. And maybe Donnie, but there were six of us. And we had this table and we wait. And all of a sudden he comes in, Billy, Crazy Billy was with them. Then the record producer, a uh, woman that kind of set them up. And then this most stunning, stunning woman next to Dukes. And, and she was Robin? gorgeous. Robin. Is this Robin? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. yeah. Well, he, he got Trito us, Yeah. He got Trito Del yeah. when I was out there as well as she, she was there. I was like, ah. Yeah. Was he so, still married to her at that yes, time? He was, he was, yeah, he was still married. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it was a doll, and then I didn't know until somebody told me. Remember the old Lowenbrow poster with the Corvette and the blonde on on the yeah. hood? Yeah, that was Robin. Oh, what's it? It was Robin. Oh. Yeah. yeah, you guys were living it up in the city. Oh, the city, we had a blast. Our team, we was really close. I had this discussion with somebody the other day, and they can't really relate to it because they didn't live through it. They were kind of comparing it to today and today's athlete and everything. We partied all the time, but it was partying to be together too. Like most of the times we were together, like Eddie said, to be six guys here or 20 guys go out after a game. It, it really it probably always wasn't good for our bodies to be having the cocktails we were, but it, as far, far as having that team, man, we were tight. Like the guys were all yeah. together. The thing was, if we were going to go together the night before and have a few cocktails, it was understood that when you go to practice the next day or game the next day, we all knew what we did together, and we were all going to play our, our rear end. So I don't think it ever our play ever suffered because of it. I think we just that, yeah. was, that was that was the culture of the league too. Well, we had we had a term. You got to play guilty. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. We had a term, yeah. and you got to play guilty because I I I think it, and Tom can can vouch for this. The coaches knew we were out. Now oh, cool. a lot of guys didn't miss curfew. That's that's a fallacy. You missed it only if you had. Yeah, you know something to miss it for, but uh, but we would go hard until that eleven o'clock curfew. We would yes, go hard yeah. the night before, and the coaches knew that, yeah. and that's why you had to give an effort in that game, okay, totally. or yeah. practice. Yeah. But if you didn't, then they knew you're not pulling your weight, so yeah. we're going to keep a good eye on you. And if you continue yeah. to do that, you're gone. And it was kind of well, like it kind of like the badge of honor too, right? Like some some I don't think I'm speaking out of school. Your good friend Wayne. He loved to have his cocktails, but when it came, oh. pra it came practice time or game time, he worked his rear end off like, just as hard as anybody did. Yeah. Well, remember when you just said we would always go in groups, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, in Edmonton, even the WHA year, uh, Paul Schmier was our, our captain. He was a former NHL guy coming on. Yeah. And we had this rule on the road, okay, that once we checked into the hotel or whether we went to the rink for practice, got back to the hotel, we always had – a restaurant or a bar. Yeah. Okay. And everybody had to show up. Yeah. Everybody. Whether you drank or not, like Dave Langevin and, and Dryden had to show up. All you had to do was have one cocktail or a Coke. Sure. Nobody forced you to drink, glass of wine, whatever you wanted. And then you could go because guys had families, you know, wherever you yeah. went. But everybody had to show up. Yeah. And I remember Gretz after I got traded when they won the first cup. In 83, I think it was, 83, 84, or 84, 85, whatever it was, that they continued that uh, that little tradition. tradition. You, you yeah. can call it tradition, but that kind of camaraderie yeah. that you're talking about, Tom, building. And that's what builds championship yeah. teams. It really does, yeah. I get close yeah. like that, yeah. So how many years did you have in New York? Just the two. 
Just a two. Okay. And then yeah. you, get tra- you get traded to Detroit? Yeah, because bad boy Dukes, oh. Herb, Herb wanted wanted him out, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, and uh, Detroit wanted a goalie, right? Okay. And I think we had just got Hanlon that year. We okay. still had Weeksy. Uh, Van Bries Rock, who was called up emergency, he came up. I think Baker was still around, right? Uh, That's right, yeah. That's a, a guy named Ron Scott. So Herb, Herb felt, told Craig Patrick, yeah, let's do it. I need to get those three guys that they're talking about from Detroit. And he wanted Dukes out. That, that was, so what, what was what was the deal then? You and Dukes for who? Was that the Mark Osborne trade? And Eddie. Eddie Johnston. Oh, Johnson. That's right. that's right. The oh. three of us for uh, Mike Blaisdell, right. Willie right. Huber, and Mark Osborne. That's right, too. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Big Willie. Big Willie's a good man. We oh, yeah. Big Willie, too. Well, he's good. Yeah, we did, huh? Right. You know, it's funny about the trade, too, was that year I was having a pretty good year, and and I was my last year of the contract, right? So yeah. Craig Patrick was trying to get me signed. And I remember him having lunch with me in St. Louis the day before we had just got in there. And he says, Eddie, are we going to finish this contract? Because I was doing it on my own, right? Okay. And I says, Craig, I ain't going anywhere. I know I'm an unrestricted at the end of the year. I'm not going anywhere. Let's get the playoffs over with, and then we'll talk about it, right? Mm-hmm. So the playoffs are finished. We get knocked out of the Islanders. And remember the most in slow pitch that they used to have? Yeah. Okay, where all the teams came in, put a ball team sure. together. Yeah. Well, Gretz and I were in Toronto, and uh, we are having dinner the night before, and he says, okay, listen, uh, uh, if you're going out tonight, I'm not because I got a commercial to shoot early, and then we'll meet up and we'll go to Niagara, right? So I said, okay. So he goes home, I go out, and I end up at somewhere else's place. So I'm strolling in in the morning right into the hotel. I'm on the same floor as Gretz. And as I'm walking to my room to get some sleep, Gretz and Mike Barnett are going to do their commercial. And he says, he says, Eddie, okay, here's the deal. Boom, boom, boom. Meet us here. We're going. Okay. Take a cab to where. So I said, okay. And then he says, Oh, by the way, Craig Patrick's looking for you. Oh oh boy. Oh, he says, yeah, he called my mother. I says, (laughs) called your mother he says yeah phyllis and she just called me and said he needs to talk to eddie i go okay so i'm thinking let's get this contract down because yeah. now that uh, june's rolling around and I'm, I'm gonna become an unrestricted so i pick up the phone and i'm hungover and i haven't got any sleep and i just said and i was jokingly i said hey craig it's eddie i hear you're trying to get a hold of me what's up did i get traded i was joking right did i get traded right. And there's a little silence on the other side. Oh, oh that's a terrible feeling. Uh, Eddie, uh, yeah, by the way, you did. Oh. I said, you got to be kidding me. No way. I didn't even ask where I was going. I said, Craig, I'm going to talk to you a little later. And I hung up the phone on him. And then I called back in an hour when I was a little bit, you know. Uh, yeah, I settled down. Yeah. Well, here I am going to play for the Rangers in slow pitch. Now who am I going to play for, right? Right. So as a result, you know, it was uh, I found out it was me, Dukes, and and Eddie. So, so how do you? Obviously, you're not happy because you love New York. You love playing for the Rangers. But how do you feel about the Red Wings in Detroit? Now you're going back, basically going back home too, right? Well, and and remember that saying: the closer you get to home, 
Yeah. Your career is almost over. <laughs> I never thought of that. You know what? I've never heard that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, they're getting you close to home. Right. So uh, I, we didn't like it. Okay. I remember right. talking to Dukes. Actually, Dukes was in Niagara and so was Eddie. So we all got together. We started talking. Dukes left right away. Uh, he went back to New York. I flew back to New York right after to get all my stuff. But we didn't like it because the way I looked at it, here we were with the Rangers. The last two years, we took the Islanders to six yeah. games yeah. in the division final. Yeah. Just one more line, I think, for us, if we had a better fourth line, no offense to our fourth line, but they had a tremendous fourth line. Yeah. I think yeah. we could have taken them, and I think that's what we were building for, to go for the Stanley Cup. Yeah. Well, we're going to a team that hasn't made the playoffs in 17 years. So we're going oh, from right. a team that wants to win the cup to a team that just wants to make the playoffs. That's so right. I was a little, yeah, I was yeah. a little devastated. But then again, Stevie Eiserman came in that year, uh, Jerry Gallant, uh, Lane yeah. Lambert, and we turned it around and we made sure. the playoffs. So, oh, yeah. okay. Right away. You know, it's interesting to talk with the Rangers. And, and listen, I think both the same way. Love playing for the Rangers is fantastic. I just wish we could have kept some of the teams together more. Like you look at the Islanders yeah. when they were successful, right? You know, they changed parts here and there, but basically the core of the team stays together. We were constantly changing players. It was always new coaches, new general managers, and new new philosophies about how to do things. I look back, and oh, man, if we had to kept this together. We had Clark Gillies yeah. on one of our shows, and he was great. And he, had, he told us that if uh, – Know what the stories? Tom. Tom laughs at me because I, I'm telling stories all the time, over and over. Gilly said that they if they would have beat if you guys would have beat the Islanders, you would have won and won the cup, which is probably true. I yeah. think that was conventional right. wisdom at the time. Yeah, I did. I see. I, I didn't feel it. that way at the time. Yeah, I did. I look back at it. I believe it. Yeah, I thought, like I said, if we just added a couple more people. Now you got to remember those yeah. two years. Two of our better players were always hurt: Alfie yeah. and uh, Anders. Yeah. yeah. Right. That's true. Like, if yeah. we had them at full strength, then there comes our third line, which yeah. was our second line. Second line becomes third, and our second line was pretty good with Rodgers and, you know. So yeah. I, I do believe that statement from Clark. Yeah. You yeah. know, yeah. when I was doing Clark's tournament, we, we'd always talk about that. You know, that summer tournament he had in Long yeah. Island? God bless mm -hmm. his soul. One of the best tournaments I've ever been. It was a three-day thing. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, it was the best format I've ever I've ever been around. You know, cool. um, you, you played with a group what the first day, second day you played with a different group, and then the yeah. third day yeah. nobody was allowed except the celebrities, and we'd have like a Ryder Cup, okay, oh, cool. and winners got twenty five hundred, losers got seven hundred. Wow. So cool. it made it. You know, that was the third day. So when Larouche wow. and and uh, Mario, I mean dudes. I, I didn't know Dukes was that good of a golfer. Boy, did he take it serious. He won it one oh. year for us on the last hole, right? Oh. So, nice. anyways, we, we had cocktails about that, Clarky yeah. and I, right? Yeah, and, 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 I, and I honestly believe we could have been there had they, yeah. like what you're saying, kept the team together a little bit more and add a yeah. few pieces here and there. Alfie and yeah. Anders become healthy. I mean, things could have changed. Yeah, totally, totally. So, how did it go in Evan? Excuse me, in Detroit when you got there for you personally. Uh, first year, I got a real bad injury, and uh, personally, I I, I love this. Uh, well, obviously, I'm from Windsor, but I knew Detroit, and as you say, Detroit in the suburbs, oh. we got a bad name because yeah. you know the city, but yeah. the suburbs, as you know, are, oh, are, are great. You know, love it. Uh, but 
I, I got hurt and uh, I tore my hamstring in three places. And instead of getting the surgery, I just let it, uh, you know, heal. So I was out for about uh, four months and oh. I probably should have stayed out the whole season because it really wasn't. And then when I came back, I kind of struggled. I ended up playing uh, Steph got hurt or something in the first round against St. Louis. I ended up playing the, the series. We almost beat them. We took them to, again, three out of five. But uh, the next two years, it was me and Devilano just didn't get along. You know, when that chemistry goes out and he's upset at me and I'm definitely upset at him, things yeah. didn't go well. So Detroit yeah. was not Detroit was not a good experience other than the fact I got to meet a lot of good people. I ended up staying here. The economy was good for a retired player. You know, life after hockey wasn't that bad being a Detroit Red Wing. And now I do as many. In fact, we got a game tomorrow. We do about 25 uh, alumni games a year. around. Yeah, here. and you're, you're actively involved in alumni. Are you running the alumni? You were, weren't you? No, uh, Joey Kosher is now. I was. Uh, yeah. But, you know, Joey is uh, – what we tried to do is it's unlike – you guys have in, in New York where it's tight between the major team and the alumni. Yep. We're not, we're a little, we're a little separated. Yeah. You're kind of on, on your own. Right? Like You've the, on your own. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So we right. felt making Joey president, right? Not that yeah. he does a lot. Our secretary, George Bowman does it all, but bringing Joey in who, who had four Stanley cups. Sure. Being that buffer, especially with Stevie coming in now, being an yeah. alumni guys. So things are starting to get a little better, but we could use a little bit more support like like Papa Rangers give yeah. the uh grandfather Rangers, yeah. you know. Yeah, they're they're, they're phenomenal. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're, they're phenomenal. So then you retired as a Red Wing. How did that go? It's just like okay, this is it. There's a like bitter how are you feeling? It was bitter. Yeah. Okay. When you got when you got the uh um the free press writer, a hockey writer uh, and his name escapes me now, but you would know him. Varton. Yeah. That's it. Napoleon, right? Yeah. Calling you up in the morning and saying, Eddie, how do you feel about being released? <laughs> I go, okay. what? He says, yeah, you've been released. You, Danny Gare, and Bobby Mano, I think. The three of us, we were, we were released. And I go, wow. Yeah. I guess I'm not too happy about it, but thanks for telling me. Wow. I didn't even get a phone call from the Red Wings. Didn't even get a phone call. You know, And everybody was a little bitter because we had the worst year the year before. Okay, uh, We had Harry Neal come in to coach. We fired. They fired Nick Polano. We had made the playoffs two years in a row. And I think the worst thing that – and I, I tell Jimmy uh, Devilano the same thing. He, you know, as you were saying – you got to build the chemistry, keep the team together a little bit more, right? Yeah. Well, that year, after having two successful seasons, they brought in Ray Stazak, Adam Oates, and uh, Chris Shahaki from Michigan Tech, Ray yeah. Stazak and uh, Oatsy. Oatsy was a pretty good player, but Stazak and Shahaki, they were, they were paid. Now, again, we didn't know salaries back then, but all of a sudden the papers somehow to get used to it. Sure. In the papers, they put their salaries in. And it was more than Stevie, Johnny oh, O, really? who had just scored 50. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And probably more than – I don't know what Dukes was making. But that was our top line. Man. They shut down. First 10 games of the season, boom. Then Stevie gets hurt. We get a lot of injuries. 
We fired Harry Neal. Brad Park comes in. Mm. God awful. 41, 40 points. Okay. Oh, I've never yeah. been beaten in double digits as, as many times as we did. 12 to 2. Wow. 14 yeah. to 4. I mean, it was, God days, awful, yeah. Tom. Yeah. it was God awful. I think you remember December. We were in Madison Square Gardens. And remember, we never came out. I think you were still with the Rangers. That's right. Yes, we had the big team meeting. Yes, remember we had that? a big team meeting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't a team meeting. It was Harry Neal must have known something was up. He went around to each individual guy yeah. and just yelled at each one of us. Boom, boom. Oh, is that right? Finally, got a knock on the door and said, hey, guys, you're you're going to forfeit the game. you got three minutes left in uh, warm-ups, right? Oh. And I'm playing the damn game that night. I want to have a good game, right? Yeah. You yeah. guys beat us, I think, six six or seven to one or something like I didn't, that. I didn't know I mean, that's what happened. I thought he had a big team meeting. That's what know. happened? No. Wow. No. Well, it was his meeting. He wanted to tell yeah. us what he thought of us before wow. he was being canned, you know? That was the spark. That was the spark, wasn't it? To this day, Harry and I, we still laugh about it, you know? Yeah. But you know, Harry back then he was a comedian more than a he wasn't yeah. a bad coach, but he was a more of a guy to come in and relax guys and definitely. and hopefully yeah, he definitely. got a good team and he can coach them. And uh, right. it, things just went downhill right from there. Right. Yeah. Right. So so uh, so if you retire, when did you? So what did you do for work when you first retired? You know, I, I took some time off. I had a little savings in the bank. Took some time off. Was a really it never went around Joe Lewis. Didn't want ago uh it was just you know how you you're trying to figure out what you want to do in sure. life and you're not too happy because you thought you'd be playing and yeah. you weren't prepared for this right i thought i had a couple more years i was 34 at the time right. but uh finally alex del vecchio johnny wilson and ted Lindsay, and sid abel called me up and said hey can we have dinner so we went to that roma cafe which i think a lot of the visiting players used to go to sure and we had dinner, and they just told me, and Gary Bergman was involved too. And uh, they said, hey, Eddie, listen, we know you're not coming around the rank. We're trying to get a hold of you. We've got this alumni association that really is in there to help guys transition. Okay. And all our guys, they, and they were all working, Alec, they were working for the automotives. Okay. Mm. Each guy was representing companies. He says, we can help you get started. So that's what happened. I started playing with the alumni, started meeting people. They introduced me to some companies, and I started repping for them for two years. Okay. And uh, then started my own little repping agency with uh, a very successful uh, tool maker, an engineer, that knew the business inside out. He left his company. We started a, a small little repping company where we had six, seven companies in the fold. And uh, that's what until Mike Barnett came in 1992 and rescued me. Yeah. So right. I, I am so that's Eddie. I am G. Yeah. Eddie Meal, Eddie Meal, Tom Laidlaw, Klaus Elifak, Mike Barnett. Who else did we have working for us? Is that it? Yuri Sira. Yuri Sira, that's right, Yuri. So yeah. people that don't know, uh, Eddie and I, so I'd started my own agency business, Laidlaw Sports Management. And I would see Mike Barnett. So Mike is Wayne Gretzky's agent, very successful, probably the most successful agent at the time. So I knew him from LA. And then when I started my age business, I'd be out West all the time recruiting and I'd run into Mike. And then they had two guys that had uh, moved on to different jobs. So Eddie and I jumped into the same spot. Eddie and I yeah. back together. Yeah. Teammates. Back together. Sharing? Side by each. Side by yeah. each, as the French Canadians used to say. We were and, sharing, uh, sharing, we had sharing a nice, 
sharing girlfriends and sharing jobs. There you go. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Back up, back up. Back up. No, 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 Smitty, Smitty. We didn't share. We didn't share. We it didn't wasn't share. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was, we took. Tom, so Tom you know, took over. Tom took over after I got traded from Detroit. <laughs> but she was, actually, she was a yeah. doll. You got to yes, admit. She was, yeah. she was, I actually did. I didn't know until after. I really did not know until after the fact that you had dated her. I really didn't know that. So, yeah. Blame it on Gresh. It was Gresh's fault. Right? And you know whose fault it is? Who's his ex-wife? Oh, Carol, it's her fault. Oh, okay. Yeah, I found out she was bad mouthing me to Julie. Oh, was that right? <laughs> I, didn't, I, still, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. But anyways, that's for another show. That's yeah, that's all. Yeah. That's when we're X-rated. X-rated. Yeah. <laughs> that, that podcast comes out next year. But Eddie, let's, yeah. can we just talk about the the Canadian wedding of the century? Because you're front row for that. Yeah, yeah. That, that was, was a that shock. Like crazy. Oh, it was like. I mean, we've seen the uh, royal weddings in in England. This this would top it. This would top it. And, uh, and you're the you're the best I, man. You're the best man there too, right? Which I still can't figure it out. But uh, you what? know, I think. Well, I think. Well, you got Kevin Lowe, who was close to uh, to Wayne. You had Paul Coffey, Mess. You know, these are guys he was in the trenches with. No. Uh, but I think it was more when I really look back. Brett's and I had a, a, a really good bond, meaning yeah. as an older brother, you know, which yeah. he was, he's the oldest of the family. And I think the stuff we were, we, uh, I know he mentioned on a broadcast TNT and, and I was shocked, but I, I was very proud of it. He said there was two, other than his dad, there was two guys that really influenced his life. And this is well after the wedding. Right. Mm -hmm. And he says, one is obviously Eddie Meal that I, met him at 17 and he talked to him and the other was Ace Bailey and right. Ace wow. kind of took him under more of the wing because you know now Kathy came in and uh, we all got along I was doing my own little thing in Edmonton so I had him the first you know three four years but yeah. Wayne and I always stayed in touch and when he came to New York we'd go out I uh, he came to Detroit we'd go out you know little things like that and then after I retired so it makes sense to me now but at the time when he uh, called okay. me, yeah, when he called me and, and uh, he says, Eddie, I got to ask you a question. Would you be my best man? I go, and I was shocked. And I said, yeah. absolutely. Are you, are you kidding me? That's an honor. So I, I, I now realize and what we've been through, why I was chosen as best man. Sure. You got to remember, sure. he had two buddies. He had a real good friend, John Mowat, who he grew up with. And we were all in the wedding party, but it was still an honor. So yeah. we all got there about, I got there two weeks before the wedding and, and the whole team came back. Remember, they just won the cup. They had just right. won the cup, Stanley Cup in 88. Right. So we had the cup with us. Our stag party was pretty good. Okay. We went bar <laughs> to bar with, with the uh, cup in a bus, uh, in a bus. Uh, and uh, the wedding. Hold on. So, uh, uh, hold on. You would go, you were going bar to bar with the bus and the Stanley Cup? So you got all the Edmonton Oilers, all the Edmonton Oilers who yeah. just won the Stanley Cup in Edmonton, all guys going out and having yeah. fun with the Stanley Cup. So it must have been a scene when the people are sitting in the bar or the restaurant and you guys show up, right? I mean, that's like, what is going oh, on? They, they just looked up, but they all knew Gretz was getting married, right? So right. they figured this was the pub crawl. This was his stag party, right? Oh, God, and we kept it clean. Time. Oh, did you? But we kept God. it clean because, you know, God. the press is going to get it. If, yeah, that's true. That's so true. it was just bar restaurant. 
restaurant, guys we knew, guys we visited. We kept it clean, or else you know we would have been yeah. in those spots. So now, this, <laughs> if we so were the, somewhere had else, the, but had the uh, trade happened. Had the trade happened yet? The trade did not. Wayne did not get no, traded yet. No, weeks later. No, but that's no. that's the funny part. Was I'm there for a whole two weeks, and then the last week, I don't know when it was happening, but we get in the limo, just me and him, to go to the church. All the other guys have already been gone in their cars, right? Right. We get in the car, and he looks at me, and he goes, you know, I'm getting traded. And I said, Gretz, can we get married first before you lay that on? I thought he was kidding, right? Before you laid that on me, it just won the cup, not even uh, three weeks before, right? And he told me the story. And uh, he said, well, yeah. Just so, we, just we so people know. Oh, sorry, Eddie, but just so people know. Like when that happened, like for him to say that to you, I probably would have been the same way. Because even when he got traded, I was like, "No way, Wayne, Wayne Gretzky yeah. is never going to get traded." And to this day, whenever something happens and we think it it can't happen, we'll say, "Well, Wayne Gretzky got traded." So that's how big that statement yeah. would have been, right? Like if I was sitting in that car, oh. I was like, "No, yeah, you're not believing that." Yeah. I thought this is on the way to. Lady, I thought you guys on the way to his wedding. <laughs> no, no, that was already up and at him. That 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 was taken care of. But, well, I mean, yeah, let's go back. Did you ever get the money back for paying for the, for the uh, flight? Did you get that? Oh, I never had to because it, it never went through. Oh. It was the oh, old days, remember? And when he so, gave hey. his American Express, he gave the American Express and went through on that. And I okay. think the flight, the total flight ended up around uh, 10000 something like that, because it was we landed in the wrong airport. Okay, I forgot to oh. mention that. We oh. went to the international airport, right? Oh, wow. So here's this small little Learjet, and we're looking around, and the lights are out because now it's around 11 o'clock, right? Uh, right? We left at 2. It's around 11 o'clock, which I think 9 yeah, two-hour difference, but it's dark. Right. No, There's no planes. We're going, what the hell is going on? <laughs> and oh, then a custom, a custom guy comes on the plane. He says, he looks, he sees three guys. He says, guys, you're at the wrong airport. They're no, waiting for you at the city airport, right? That's funny. So, that's good stuff. so when we got to the city airport, that's when John Short took over and said, "Here." So it cost us another two grand to leave oh. international up, not even up and down, like right. not even more than that's ten funny. minutes. It was two grand. Another two grand. Good story. Yeah. So that Eddie, did, so he tells you he's getting traded. Sorry to jump back. Does he? Yeah. Does he know he's going to LA at that point, or is he no, still up in the he, air? No, it's all up in the air because uh, what they had found out, him and Barnett, somehow somebody leaked it. They were going to do it without his knowledge. It was Vancouver. They were going to oh, trade him wow. to Vancouver. Okay? Wow. And, uh, and and when Wayne found out, him and Barney went into the offices, Pockington and, and Sather, and said, I'm not going to Vancouver. If you're going to trade me, I'm going to let you know where I'm going. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. said New York, Detroit, or LA. I think oh, it came down to those like, three, right? Yeah. Those three teams. And I remember, you know, right after the winning, obviously, the Sunday we all met. They left Sunday night, but they didn't go on a honeymoon. They went right back to LA because of all this stuff happening, right? right. And I think right. it was three days, four days later. I think he was traded. I'm not sure what the date was, but I remember him calling. He says, Eddie, I would have loved to come to Detroit. And, uh, but he felt, and, and the organization felt, hey, we got our guy, Stevie Eisenman, you know, this and that, this and that. Uh, it'd be tough. Uh, New York, obviously, would have been 
I thought the spot he would go. But then Janet's life is in, and, and it wasn't Janet. Janet would have moved anywhere. I mean, think about it. She would have went to New York. Sure. Easy, oh, yeah. Right? yeah. She was just starting off. But they made her like yeah. the villain. Yeah. You know, yeah. the uh, the Edmonton people. Oh, yeah, she comes in, she gets married, and brings them to L.A., right? right. Like right. Janet had a say in it, right? Yeah. Totally. So – it would LA ended up because he was able to take two of his good buddies, McSorley and Kruzelinski, right? That's right. And uh, I think uh, Jimmy Carson, yep, and Marty somebody went went the other way with Marty some Jelena, yeah, Marty Jelena. And he knew Tom Laidlaw was there too, so he had yeah, that. he wanted we wanted to play with me. That's what it was. Absolutely, that's yeah. what he told me in the in the <laughs> car going to get married. I'm probably going to pick up. I, I, I'm not going to go to LA because Tommy's there. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's the funniest thing. Uh, when you first play with Wayne, uh, you, all you want to do is get him in the puck. Like you think I'm, so, I'm supposed to get it to Wayne. I got to get Wayne to puck. And after a while, he came to me. He goes, Tom, you don't always have to get me the puck. <laughs> you pass to somebody else. <laughs> uh, he's a good man too. I'll tell you. What, I know yeah. you know this because we're so close to him. But he, what a fantastic teammate. Like he really has a way of understanding his impact on the game, on individuals, on kids, on the media, just like on the league itself. Just a. a Special man, too. Yeah. Well, you know, remember we went back to the camaraderie? Yeah. Well, he'd have – he had this really nice place in Edmonton. It was the penthouse, but not way up. Like, I think it was uh, uh, eight floors, but he had the nice penthouse still. Yeah. That's where he'd bring all the guys for dinner. Yeah, They'd have a chef come in, and they'd watch hockey. They'd watch yeah. a hockey game. Cool. Like, yeah, you yeah. didn't get enough? And now yeah. all the guys – and I think if you ever saw that – the uh, documentary they did, Boys on the Bus, it shows one of their dinners and how they were talking, some arguing. I did see that, yeah. Remember yeah. the documentary? Yeah. Well, that yeah. was done on a regular basis. You know what else he did that a lot of people don't know? Any new kid that got called up or traded, especially if he was a young kid. If he's an older yeah. kid, it's all right. But young kids, rookies, yeah. he'd bring them to live with him, not stay yeah. in a hotel. Yeah. yeah. So Eddie, so you worked for IMG. how many years did you have with IMG? I had about twelve. Yeah, twelve years. Twelve years. Wow. Two thousand. So you left IMG, right? Yeah. So you left IMG and then start. Then what? Have you got your own agent business going on now? Right? Did you have for a few years? Now I do, but okay. remember, Gretz uh, was given twenty percent of the Coyotes, right? Oh, that's right. I yes. think in yes. 01. and he was yes. also director of hockey operations. Right. Okay. So he had always told me, he says, when the time's right, I'm plucking you out and you're coming to work. So that yep. year, that year, Barney left. Okay. Yep. Barney became the GM in 01. Yep. Right. Yeah. So I stayed with uh, Wayne said, do you want to come now? And I said, look, I got four kids that are going into the draft this summer. Give me another year. Okay. And then I'll let you know. He said, fine, your job's waiting for you. Well, that year, I kind of fell out of love with IMG with Peter Johnson and uh, yeah. Pat Brisson and J.P. Barry took over. And Pat's wow. a good guy. I never got along with J.P. Barry. We would always right. have our arguments. Uh, and it, it got to a one point where Peter Johnson uh, asked to have lunch with me at the GM building. He was in town to do some work with GM. And, and I figured it was because I now the oldest 
outstanding guy that's working yeah. for IMG. I figured he wanted to let ask me how is the division going, right? Yeah. How is Pat and JP managing the division? So we sat down, we had a cocktail, and he hits me with JP and Pat Brisson don't want you to do contracts anymore. Oh. And I kind of looked at him and said, what are you talking about? says, they feel you should just be on the road recruiting and let them handle the contract. And I said, go F yourself to the boss, oh, right? Oh, yeah. I said, this is, they're going to take my first rounders and second rounders. I'm going to be left with the fourth and fifth rounders because I know they're not going to want to do it. And what credibility do I have going in and talking to a GM yeah. when I'm yeah. only doing the, the, the fourth, yeah. fifth, and sixth rounders, right? Yeah. I so, said, you can take this job and – so the oh, song you did right there. Oh. Oh. Yeah, but I stayed. I, I, I then called Gretz and I stayed to the summer to uh, to make sure our kids got drafted. And right. one of those kids that year was Daniel Payet, who went 16th right. overall to uh, to Buffalo, right. ended up winning two cups in Boston. Right. And I'm yeah. really proud of that kid because That's he good. was just a solid, wasn't a top six guy. He was just solid, right? Yeah. And yep. uh I called Gretz up. I said, is that job waiting for me? He says, yep. So in 2002, I started with the Phoenix Coyotes. Oh, very good. Yeah. How many years did you have there? Uh, we went uh, five years to okay. seven. And Gretz had just bought, a not a winery, but into a wine company. Oh, that's right. Yeah. 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 So he asked me to run it in the States. So I oh. did that for another five years. It, it seems like I got a five-year plan, Tom. <laughs> five years. <laughs> five years. Uh, uh, that's cool. And that's then cool. after that, Wayne sold to a bigger company. They had their infrastructure. Yeah. I was getting a little. So I just started uh, working it here back in little odd jobs, meaning representing oh. some kids and until I decided to go myself, you know. Right. So, yeah. Well, and yeah. you have had, well, you I had, had really. I had two years. I had two years, I forgot, on ESPN Radio Detroit, where oh. a friend bought the franchise to see how it would go here. Right. But uh, we, we were good. But we had a very small radius and just right. wasn't, you know, wasn't until this guy could buy an FM station or something. Right. And we had the ticket. Remember the ticket? And that oh, was yeah. sure. the 97.1. Yeah. And they yeah. were pretty powerful. And they had a couple other stations. So, so I did that for two years. So, yeah. Yeah. Eddie, you have had a very colorful life, I would say, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, but Tom, like, I should be retired right now, enjoying life like you are. I'm, oh, I'm not retired. My I'm going, butt. You, no way, no retiring, Eddie. I, 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 don't, I don't ever want to retire. Don't, don't retire. Yeah, Tom's Keep job moving. is making videos with. No, you're, on, you're absolutely right. I would, I wouldn't know what to do with myself. Yeah, I know. Keep working. I really yeah, would. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Listen, brother, I had a great time playing with you. You're a fantastic team player. You really were. You're a great teammate. We had a lot of fun together. And again, I really appreciate you being on the show. And I really do mean it. I think if you look back at your life, you can say, wow, I, I did all that stuff. Like just listing yeah. all the stuff you just did now. So fantastic. Life, well, you know, great to see you again. But the thing is, Tommy, and I'll let you go with this. You do a great yeah. job. You did great. You're the same kind. Okay. Great teammate. We had fun together. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's the pe people we met that made yeah. my life successful. Okay. Yeah, totally when I look back at all the guys we met with Bubba, yourself, with Weeksy, uh, yeah. our team in New York was great. Yeah. We still yeah. see each other. That's what makes my life full. And I can tell these stories. Yeah. Yes. So you're good at it. Appreciate too, you guys having me on and best yeah. of luck to both Tom Squares. And uh, yeah. you guys take it easy.
Thanks, Eddie. Thanks great, for doing this. Great to see you, Eddie. Good to see you, Tom. Great show, everybody. Oh man, what a great episode! What a colorful guy, man. I mean, you got—he had shared some great stories. You guys had some great times working together twice. That—that that was just awesome. Yeah, he was a fantastic guy. I kind of forgot what a personality he was too. How he—he lives life all out all the time. Eddie does. Eddie, Eddie Mia was fantastic. He really was a great teammate. We weren't necessarily running in the same circles all the time. You know, he's in the city. I was more outside the city, but. Yeah. Still a great teammate. Great to see but he was one of those, those as a goal. He was like a battler. And that's why I think yeah, fans totally. loved him because he was just yeah. scrappy. You know, and that was it. Like, and I mean, it's a compliment to him. He, he was a good goaltender. He wasn't a great goaltender, but he just competed as her end. Awesome. He yeah. He was, that was an, an awesome interview too. What, what a great life. So yeah. glad we had him on. All right, grasshoppers. Thank you for listening. We had a fantastic show. We'll see you next time. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.